and welcome to another great message from Mr. Christian Outreach Church. We pray you'll be inspired and equipped by this teaching. For more information on Noosa Christian Outreach Church, please check out our website at noosacoc.org.au. Enjoy. How good are mums, hey? Why don't you, uh, Christian read from an amazing scripture this morning. Why don't we turn there this morning, John chapter 16. And uh, we're going we're gonna to have a little look at this a bit later. Uh, but um, what, what an item, hey? Let's just honour those guys. What a phenomenal... Thank you. Wherever they are, Bakara. Bakara was sharing with us before, before the service, you know, you know, how, you know it's, it's funny when you do something, you, you know, when you present something to the church, you know, it's a, it's a beautiful item, but God does business with your heart as you serve. And, uh, you know, it was, it was an honour to hear, um, you know, the business God had been doing with Bakara as she, as she got the revelation of this song, not by might, not by power, but by his spirit. And, uh, you know, the, what a great God that we serve. And, uh, you know, before we get to John chapter 16, um, you know, I, I want to honour one of the mums in our church who just backs every other mum in the church. And her name's Anita Searle. And... Uh, She's not here right now. She's not here. So, uh, you know, your clapping is... Uh, is, is uh, Nathan's appreciating it on her behalf. Oh, can we get some more house lights so I can just see your, see your faces a bit? Um, look, the, I want to do something different this morning because we've got a mum in our church who basically partners with every other mum and just blesses every child. And, and, you know, I don't know if you've met Anita, but her love is... It's like extreme sport to her. And, uh, you know, if your kids are around her, they're going to be overwhelmed by her nurture and her love. And so I thought it's nice just giving someone a clap and we're going we're to get her over here at the end of the service and give her a bunch of flowers. But I just want to do something different and just bless her like crazy. Do you want to join me and bless her? So, you know, you know we're, we're taking up an offering. But I want to do something this morning and just show her that, you know, she doesn't get to come to church. She comes to church once every two or three months because she's over there in exile dealing with all of your terrible parenting techniques, you know, trying to, um, trying to resurrect some of the mistakes you've been making during the week all in one and a half hours on a Sunday. So she, let's just, I think, let's go crazy and just bless her socks off. What do you reckon? Now, look, I know, you know, we don't come prepared for these things. No one carries cash anymore and all these sorts of things. So put a little, we put a little white slip uh, on the, on the, um, in the seat pocket in front of you. And uh, if you want to write an IOU or something, create whatever on it, put your mobile number on there. Because we want her to come at the end of the service. We want to bless her and uh, we want to pray for her. And we will just, you know, not only do we want to just acknowledge um, all the effort she puts in, we want to sow a seed for the future. Hey, who knows, you know... Uh, you know, sometimes, sometimes it's, it's great to thank people for what they've done. Let's not just thank her for what she's done. Let's thank her in advance for what God's going to do through her for our children and the children beyond us for the months and years to come. Hey, let's, let's honour that, uh, that mighty woman of God who just lays her life down for our kids all across this place. So, so, uh, and we'll, we'll clap for her when she actually comes over. She's got no idea this is happening. Only three people knew about it this morning. Uh, but... I think, you know, nothing speaks more of honour than just, um, you know, opening up our, our finances and just blessing them 
And uh, so let's do that with those. You know, if you want to just write write a number in your name, and or if you've got cash, whatever you want, however you want to do it is fine. But uh, we want to bless her, um, and and uh, those guys with the bags will hand those around uh, right now. Jesus said an amazing. Uh, he he took it. Some of his some of his. He had this great time called the Sermon on the Mount, and in that sermon, uh, he talked about all these different aspects of being blessed. And uh, this morning, I just want to open one of them. It's in, it's in Matthew 5, 8, and it says this. It says, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. That's a picture of me when I was praying this morning. And uh, that's what God sees when he, he sees me pray. He doesn't see the, the grey, wrinkly guy standing before him. What an awe-inspiring promise to see God. I don't know about you, but that's to me, is the, it's, it's the ultimate goal of us as believers is we want to see God. We want to see him move. We want to see him in, in everywhere. Everywhere we look, I want to see God. I want to see his goodness. I want to see his grace. I want to see his mercy. I want to see his miraculous. I want to see the evidence of his spirit in everything that we do. Blessed are the pure in heart. So what's in our heart? What is our heart? A heart's a, a very difficult thing to unpack. And I just, you know, I'll, I'll share with you what I've shared many times because, I, I, you know, we've, we've got our, we're, you know, we've got a spirit, we've got a soul, and we've got a body. And uh, the, the Bible and says, and also says we've got a heart. And he's come, you know, Jesus, he's come to, to liberate hearts. And, uh, you know, I, I, I love the example that, you know, as a full being, you open the fridge door. I've said this to you many times. Sorry if you've heard it before. But the body says, I'm going for the Tim Tams. The soul, who's got a little bit more wise, a little bit more smart, says, no, no, we need some veggies. And the spirit says, man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. So there's this tension, isn't there? There's this tension between spirit, soul, and body of what are you going to do with your life? And whatever decision you make right then, that is the condition of your heart. If you go for the Tim Tams... The condition of your heart is influenced by your body. Hey, if you go for the veggies, the condition of your heart is influenced by, by the wisdom of your mind. If you don't need anything and shut the door and go and pray and read the Bible, it means you're a spiritual. Hands up. Group number three. Apologies, Lord, for this church, the condition of their hearts. Yeah, it's a difficult thing to unpack our heart, isn't it? It's part of the, I believe it's part of the mystery of Christ. You know, he does business with our hearts and we've got to, we've got to join with him. We've got to gain an awareness of, of what he's doing. And, you know, and, and, and I guess this morning I want to talk about the pure heart. I want to, we're, going to get, we're going to unpack why mothers are so important and, and, and ladies are so important. You know, blessed are the pure in heart. What does it mean to be pure? It means to have a single focus, doesn't it? Pure, pure gold is, is it's, it's one element. There's one element of your heart. You know, there's, you know we know in, when, in metallurgy, if you understand metal, there's things called alloys, which are different metals coming together to form a new metal. Whereas, you know, there's, there's pure, there's a pure substance, a pure heart that has one focus, that has one direction. You know, and, and sometimes when it's mined gold, it actually needs to be purified. 
And you can't actually wear pure gold on your finger because if you do wear pure gold on your finger, it will wear away too quickly. So we've actually got to, you know, that's why they give ladies 18 and 24 carat and men 9 carat because men would wear through a 24 carat overnight just by, just by grinding their hands together, by the roughness of their skin. Today we take a moment to contemplate the magnificence of God's creation and that attribute of God's creation that we celebrate today that is mums and ladies. Who's glad that there's ladies on the planet and just not men? Men are so functional, aren't they? You know, we're, we're very good. We're good at opening jars and... It's pretty well it. <laughs> but the women carry so much, don't they? You know, every, every day I wake up and I go, you know, I try to convince Kristen that I'm smarter than her for another day and I see if we can get through that day with her still acknowledging me as the head of the household. And, I, and I, it's interesting that, you know, God says to, to men, he says, lay down your lives your wives. Why? Because they're the smart ones. We're the platform. You know, we're, you know on Father's Day, we'll do the reverse message, don't worry, men. And um, there'll be a lot of, we'll use the word submission regularly on Father's Day. <laughs> Just kidding. Here's the thing. There's a specific part of God's image that's revealed uh, in, in mums and, in, and ladies in general. And it's his beauty and his purity. There's a reason that men wear tuxedos. Because men are all meant to look the same. We're meant to frame the beauty and the purity of God's goodness. Hey, we don't, you know, there's a lot of men trying to fancy up their tuxedo now so they can get a little bit more camera time. But let's face it, God is, he wants to display his beauty and his purity through, through the ladies. And it's not just a beauty and purity externally. You know, he's, he said, look, externally I've, I've, given you, I've given you attributes that are beautiful, but internally is where the real gold is. The beauty and the purity of God is evident most significantly in the female. Here's the thing. It's a beauty and a purity that needs to be protected. We need to protect the beauty and the purity of, you know, of, our, um, of, of the female side of humanity. It's very difficult to talk these days about males and females and, and you know, in, in these, these times of, of equal opportunity and these things. And I think sometimes we get so busy trying to make life equal for everyone, we miss the beauty and the goodness that God created different in each of us created it different in genders, he created it different in, in individuals, and it's as we take a step back and acknowledge the beauty and the goodness of God in each and every person that we stop worrying about these things that we're fighting for on earth and start acknowledging the beauty and the magnificence and the purity of the living God in each of us. You know, we've got this, I don't know if, I don't know if we've had the privilege of diving on the Great Barrier Reef um, off of uh, north of Queensland, and it's one of the most spectacular places um, that, that on earth that you, can look, that you can look at. It's one of the wonders of the world, and, and the beauty and the purity of that place is phenomenal. But we've spent a lot of money and a lot of effort 
trying to protect that. And that goes on because, you know, the contaminants of, of society tend to drift in and rob the purity and take the purity and the beauty away. You know, there's reefs in Thailand that are what they call dead reefs. You know, off the coast where they've been polluted and, and, and you, can, you can snorkel and dive through those areas and they are, they're a wasteland of coral, dead coral. Whereas you go into, you go and dive onto the, into those beautiful sections of the barrier reef of the north of Queensland and you see the colour. But here's what's amazing, is that it's not just about the colour and the purity, it's actually what it sustains. It actually sustains life. And when it, interestingly, when it loses its colour, when it loses its purity, when it loses its beauty, all of a sudden it stops sustaining life as well. You see, there's a purpose to the purity and the beauty of what God has placed, especially, I want to say this morning, in, the, in ladies. I want to suggest to you this, that women, and, and more specifically, it, it, mothers, are the moral thermometers of our nation. And if you're a woman, that's what your thermometer would look like, that one up there right now. Women are the moral thermometers of our nation. I don't know if you had the, you were horrified as much as I were. I was, I was looking at the, the White House correspondence dinner in the last few weeks, and some of you would have seen that. And there was a comedian by the name of Michelle Wolf who, who um, got up and did their roast. They do a roast and they give everyone a bit of a hard time. And I saw how lost our world is when I listened to this poor girl. You know, I don't want to attack this girl. She's just, she's just a lost girl. She's, she's lost her way in, the, in, in life and she's, she's crossed boundaries. And, you know, and she spoke about people and about abortion and about, about all these different subjects um, with a disregard to the beauty and the purity of, of God and, and humanity. And, you know, if you want to be horrified, I, I, you know, you jump on YouTube and type in Michelle Wolf, um, White House Correspondents Dinner. And if you really want to be horrified, type in the word abortion afterwards and hear how she communicates about it. And, and I thought, oh, it's not something that I want to show. It's t- I couldn't show it here, but I, I want to refer to it because when society, when the, especially when the ladies in society lose, um, stop being the moral thermometer of our nation and of our world, we get caught, don't we? We get, we get caught looking for other things. We, get, you know, we, we, it's, we shift from looking for love to looking for satisfaction. And it's a very difficult place for us to be in as a society because it doesn't happen overnight. You don't, end, you don't land there overnight. You get there gradually. It chips away and, you're, and, you're, and you're, you know, your whole being, your heart gets slowly chipped away at until you get to the point you know, where your life has been corrupted. The beauty is, is it doesn't matter who you are. If you're the comedian stepping out of line at a correspondence dinner, the redemptive power of God is still available to you. There is always hope. But sometimes it doesn't feel like it does there. And a part of our responsibility is to protect the beauty and the purity of God. And the greatest place that we can do that as a church, I believe, is to protect the beauty and the purity of the ladies, the girls and the ladies in and around us and in society. Women represent the purity and beauty of God's nature and character while men resent, resent, 
represent the strength and the resilience of God's nature and character. Sometimes we can get so distracted by trying to um, not be beneath each other that we can miss the beauty of what God's planted in each of us. It's a difficult thing. It's a humbling thing to say, I am a woman. Why don't you say that out loud? I am a woman, Bob. Just kidding. Hey, it's great to have Bob back from the two weeks in the Solomon Islands, mixing it up over there. We'll get him up to share in the next few weeks. Uh, He's been doing some amazing things over there. And that's why he said to us men, he said, love your wives as Christ loved the church. And he said to women, respect your husbands. Why did he put such, such different challenges on each of us? Because we carry different aspects of God's nature and character. You know, if someone says to a man, it can't be done, a man says, well, we'll see about that. If someone says to a woman, it can't be done, she goes, well, why would you want to in the first place? (laughs) Something like 98% of people who have made it to the top of Mount Everest are men. Women say, there's nothing up there. We don't need to climb up there to figure out there's nothing up there. I climbed to the top of Mount Kilimanjaro. They're right. There's nothing up there. And I'm assuming Everest, the headaches are a bit worse, the temperature's a bit colder, and there's still nothing up there. We protect the beauty and the purity of God by loving. I love what Einstein said. He said this. He says, The music of Mozart is of such purity and beauty that one feels he merely found it. That it, was always, that it has always existed as part of the inner beauty of the universe waiting to be revealed. You see, we lay down our lives for whatever we love. But first we must discover it. We must discover the beauty and the purity of God in the people around us. In our wives, in our daughters. Beyond. In the people that we see in society. It's very easy to have a protectiveness around your own family and a, lack of, and a lack of protectiveness beyond your family. God has called us to be what? He says in Isaiah 58, he says he's called you to be restorers of the breach. He's called you to go into the wastelands and start to protect those who cannot protect themselves, to go mine for the beauty and the purity of God. Sometimes the gold is so contaminated that that, um, we need to go looking for it. People do not realise they carry the gold in them. They don't realise they carry the beauty in them. and, And God has called you. He's called you to go looking for it. You see, the Bible says go and make disciples of all nations. You know, part of that responsibility is simply seeking God so that you can see what God has put in people. I love mothers because, you know, mothers have this amazing ability to see what nobody else can see. You know, when I look at your children, I think, man, there is a terrorist waiting to, to, to happen, you know. But when the mother looks at that same child, she sees something different. I don't know how, but she sees it. There's a, some, God has put something in mothers that can see beyond what everybody else can see. Why? Because God has conditioned their heart to see the purity and the beauty in what sits before her. Hey, everyone else looks at the outward appearance, but what does God give mothers in relation to their children? He gives mothers the ability to see hearts. And that is one of the greatest gifts to humanity. 
See, the whole mystery of our existence is found in our heart. God wants to perfect your heart. He wants to protect your heart. He wants, he wants, to, he wants you to, to see the value in yourself. You know, our, heart, our hearts become like stone. If, if, we, if we live according to the ways of the world, but he softens our heart. He says, he, he, one of the prophets says, I'm going to give you a new heart, a fleshy heart, a soft heart. Because, because it, it is from the perspective of your decision-making core, you know, where God's going to liberate humanity. You know, the more, time, more knocks you get in life, the more hard your heart becomes. So you need to keep surrendering to God and allow him to continue to soften your heart. Because those whose hearts are pure. Hearts aren't meant to be stony. They're meant to be soft. Hearts are meant to be squishy. Hearts are meant to be vulnerable. Hearts are meant to be, to be able to be, to be impressed by, by small things. And the, soft, the more soft your heart is, the more ability you have to see beyond the status quo, to see beyond what the, the behavior of someone and see deep into the image of God that he has positioned, he has put, placed in that person. You see, we all look for satisfaction and fulfillment of dreams, but they're all passing away. It's only the condition of our heart that endures for eternity. He works on the heart. He penetrates the heart. He does everything so he can get to your heart. Love the Lord with all your heart. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Not only in eternity... Right now. You begin to see God everywhere. You begin to see goodness in people that the rest of the world do not consider good. You look in the mirror and you see a goodness that you didn't even know existed in yourself. Mothers see the value beneath the behaviour. And they understand this one thing, they understand how to reveal it. I love those words Christian read this morning from John, 15, John 16. From verse 5 it says this, Now I go away to him who sent me. And none of you asks me where are you going. But because I have said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. And when he is come, he will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. Of sin, because they don't believe in me. Of righteousness, because I go to my Father and you see me no more. And of judgment, because the rulers of this world is judged. Now, I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. However, when he, the Spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you to all truth. You know, mum's nurse their children in their infancy. And then after a little while, they wean them. They wean them. Same thing happens with our Heavenly Father, Jesus. While Jesus is with the disciples, he was carrying, he was, the, he was their substance. He was, he was carrying the can in every area possible, wasn't he? But when he left greater things could happen. Jesus says, greater things will you do after I go. 
Why is that? Because the, the, the power and the, and the capacity of God while Jesus was here was restricted to where Jesus was, where Jesus was and who he was communicating to. When he left, the Holy Spirit was deposited in all of God's people all across humanity. And the, and the power and the goodness and the, the magnificence and the purity and the substance of God could now be evident across the globe all at the same time. Mums do this amazing thing where they nurture and then they do this thing, I like to call it loving neglect, where they distance themselves for the child for a while so the child learns to play alone, so the child learns to feed alone, so, 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 so the child learns to sleep alone. It's amazing, isn't it? And then later on in life, you become mature, don't you? And as the more you mature, eventually you can actually cook your own meal. It's an amazing thing. It's an amazing thing. Even further, you could grow your own vegetables to cook in your own meal. See, God doesn't want you just to be a receiver of food, of, even of his word. He wants you to be a creator of energy for those around you. We overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. Your testimony is substance in someone else's life. Your story is liberating and speaking truth to someone that, that will never be reached by any other platform. See, God wants, he, he sometimes separates from us so that we will step out. He's saying, it's better for you that I leave. When he steps away from us, that's when we truly lean on the leading of his spirit. It's easy not to sin when Jesus is there, isn't it? You know, when your mum's in the room, everyone behaves themselves, don't they? That's what we say to, say to our, um, our youth leaders, always behave like your mum's in the room. It's easy not to sin when Jesus is there. It's easy to feel confidence in your identity when Jesus invites you to walk with him. When Jesus is standing next to you and says, come and follow me, it's easy to do that because you're following a visible version of his power. But when he says, be led by my Holy Spirit, it's a little bit more difficult because our natural eyes, we must surrender our heart to be led by his spirit. It's easy to challenge the world when Jesus speaks. Arabella will come over to me and she would say, Mum said, I can do whatever I want. Yeah, right. It's easy to challenge the world when Jesus is standing next to you, but it's very difficult to stand for purity and beauty when you're out there on your own and the world is corrupting around you and drawing and asking you into that place of corruption. And your body says, it sounds good to me, and your mind says, well, look, as long as it's not hurting anyone else, man, we need our hearts to be fully submitted to the Spirit of God because the Spirit of God is what will lead us into all truth and liberty. And it won't be just for us. It won't be, I'll live my way and you live your way. It'll be a bunch of people who stand for beauty and purity and reflect the image of God to all of humanity. And we're not offended by people's sin. We will see through people's sin and we'll see the goodness of God in them and we will call it out. I'm not afraid of your sin, says the Lord, because I can see through it and I can see my image that is in you. He wants, to, he wants to place this in your capacity. He wants you to be able to see within other people and draw out the beauty of God, the purity of God. He wants you to look into your daughter's eyes. He wants to look into your, to your neighbor's eyes and say, there is beauty beyond that brokenness. 
No one does this better than mums. You know, those of us who are second or third generation Christians, I'm a third generation Christian. On the one hand, we're blessed. On the other hand, we're challenged because we were raised by people who had the mindset of Christ. And sometimes that's enough. We can potentially be less motivated by the challenges of God because we've we've always seen great environments. So instead of being people who take new ground, we become people who protect the space that we already have. Let me just say this about mothers and fathers. Mothers and fathers who know their God, they show their children the battle and then invite them on an adventure of faith. It's scary, isn't it? We want to be people who protect our children from what's, from the, from what's uh, potentially out there and the Lord wants to show you. What did he do with the disciples? He sent them out, didn't he? He sent them out into the fray and go and, position, and, go and be part of the adventure of faith with God. He wants us to do that as, as parents. And when we know God, when we trust God, you know, we cannot protect your children forever. Eventually, you must train them and equip them and show them the battle and invite them on the real adventure. Their adventure is not surviving behavioral qualities of a Christian. Their job is to take ground and to liberate hearts who are lost and broken. They show them the armour of God and then show them how to fight. We don't show them the battle only. We show them the armour of God. We show them how to fight. The beauty and the purity of God is it's not understood until we see life without it. Church, if we can embrace and honour the purity and beauty of God, then we'll begin to see the world around us change. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. And purity of heart is found when our righteousness is attached to Him. You see, some of you may be feeling, well, look, Look at everything that I've already done. It doesn't matter, God says. My redemption is what makes you pure. Your behaviour doesn't make you pure. My redemption makes you pure. And it gives you the energy to walk pure from that point on. As we protect hearts for purity, we'll begin to see God like never before. How good is God? How good are mums? Is Anita here? Anita's here. Come on, come and stand with me. We're going to pray for this. Let's give her a hand as she comes up. She's a good girl. Hey, I, I'd love it if maybe the elders and, and um, anyone who really wants to. We want to, just, we want to bless you, Anita. You obviously, you know nothing about this. Um, but uh, you know, you're, you're, our, you're our mum. You're our church mum. And look, we've got, we've got Kristen, who's obviously... Uh, He's our spiritual mum, but you're, you know, you're cleaning the, you're cleaning their vomit off our children, and, and, loving them, beyond their behaviour. So we just want to honour you today. We took up an offering. Two thousand dollars, and uh, 
So we just want to thank you. We want to pray for you. We want to bless you. And not only do we want to, we want to do it for what you've done, we just want to, the reason we give you an offer is we want to just sow a seed and say, look, oh, we, we, yeah, yeah, $2,000. Oh yeah. <laughs> and uh, someone agrees. And uh, look, we're going to pray and then we're just going to, we're going to appreciate God and Anita at the same time because, you know, God, God positions people and anoints people for a, a season and a time. And he's positioned Anita for this season and for this time. But it's important. You know, she's going into battle like Moses. She's holding her arms up. She's declaring faith and hope in your children's lives. But it's important that we lift her arms up. Like Aaron and her on either side, we lift her arms up and we say, we stand with you because the battle belongs to the Lord and the Lord acts when we're in agreement for the generation to follow. Why don't you stand with me this morning as we pray? Father, we just thank you that right now, like Esther, you have positioned Anita for a serious task. We thank you that you've entrusted her and anointed her with the hearts and the minds of the children of this house. We thank you that you have, you have given her all things that pertain to life and godliness, Lord. So this morning we stand with our sister. We stand with her and we hold her arms up. And we declare that the battle belongs to you, Lord. So we ask that the burden, Lord, of our children would not be upon Anita, but would be upon you. And as we stand in agreement, Lord, and as we give her a a gift of of our encouragement and blessing, Lord, we just ask that you would do a work beyond her understanding. Lord, I ask that every day when she sees these children's lives change, Lord, that you would remind her that you are with her every step of the way. Blessing and honour and glory be to you today, Lord. So we stand with our sister. And we give you thanks for her. And we thank you that you have blessed us with her in this house right now. And in the mighty name of Jesus, all of her family said together, amen. Amen. Come on, let's give her a hand. All right.